Um, this one's called The Masking of America. And I'll just read a little bit here before we get uh, my friend Jeremiah on the line. Here's a quote here that it starts with. It says, we should never fully return our, to our maskless society where only healthcare providers donned a mask because judicious use of masks will continue to save lives. It says, this is not the fringe statement of some obscure crank. It is the view of two doctors at New York's Mount Sinai School of Medicine, one of the nation's most prestigious medical schools, writing in the New York Daily News op-ed this spring. Now that the pandemic is retreating, it may seem absurd to propose further mandates in response to lesser or even seasonal threats. But Julia Carey Wong, writing in The Guardian, reports that many Americans like their masks just fine. Francesca, a 46-year-old fully vaccinated professor in New York, will not abandon her invisibility cloak just yet. It has been such a relief to feel anonymous, she explains. It's like having a force field around me that says, don't see me. Becca, a 25-year-old bookstore employee near Chicago, reports that she and her co-workers prefer not having customers see our faces because, with a mask, I don't have to smile at them or worry about keeping a, ne a neutral face. Bob, a 75-year-old retiree in New Jersey, says wearing a mask frees him from having to appear happy. Amy, or M-A, the way it's spelled, a 44-year-old screenwriter in Los Angeles, likes the emotional freedom that comes from wearing a mask. It's almost like taking away the male gaze. Ostensibly, the point of wearing masks is not to furnish oneself with an emotional crutch, but to prevent, prevent viral transmission. Many Americans have been taught to believe that masks work, at least a little, and that wearing them comes at minimal cost. Nearly the opposite is true. The best scientific evidence invites a far less rosy assessment of masks' effectiveness than is broadcast by public health officials. And the dubious health benefits of widespread mask wearing come at enormous social cost, which is almost never acknowledged by those uh, writing and enforcing mandates. A little statistic here. According to the best available figures from the Center for Disease Control and elsewhere, the typical American under the age of 40 in 1918, when there was a real plague called the Spanish flu, was 100 times, was more than 100 times as likely to die of the Spanish flu than the typical American under the age of 40 in 2020 was to die of COVID-19. As a side note, that's a lot considering, considering the fraudulent nature of the tests. Uh, one more thing before I bring Jeremiah on here. Uh, this author says rightly that surgical masks were designed to protect patients' wounds from becoming infected by medical personnel, not to prevent the spread of a virus. That's true. Masks work for bacteria. My wife said four C-sections. God bless her. Um, and every time I go in for the baby, I put a mask on, uh, you know, for the birth, because you have to do that. That's the scrub up. But it's because you don't want to spit things like E. coli into an open wound. That is why you wear them. They catch things that are in your spittle but they don't catch things that you can breathe through the oxygen if they travel with the oxygen. It's like throwing sand at a chain link fence. In theory, it might catch a part of it, but it's not going to do anything. When COVID-19 hit our shores, the CDC initially recommended that most Americans not wear masks. Then that advice changed, as we know. Um, and there's much more here in the article, but I think you get the point. And one more little piece here before I bring Jeremiah on. It says, even if masks did, even if masks did work, what should we sacrifice to wear them? In addition to being unattractive, masks are uncomfortable and make it harder to breathe. It is not uncommon to see a mask wearer pull his or her mask out of the way just in time to cough or sneeze, which is understandable, since otherwise the effective, uh, mask effectively becomes a used handkerchief that remains affixed to one's nose and mouth. Human beings were meant to feel the sun and wind on our faces, not a piece of wet fabric. Even Muslim women's veils are apparently more comfortable than masks 
One York University professor told science writer Sandy Ong, I find my face gets very hot when I wear a face mask, whereas the niqab, it generally doesn't. They're actually more oppressive to your face than the veil that Muslim women are forced to wear in some cases. But comfort is not the only reason. Uh, and veils offend our sensibilities. Westerners, at their best, recognize that each individual human being is unique and has inherent value, i.e. they're made in the image and likeness of God. Perhaps, in part, as an expression of this belief, we have always ensured the visibility of our faces. But that has gone out the window. So we got my friend Jeremiah on the phone here, and he's got something to say about this, because he's a very, uh, Jerbear, as we call him, he's a very philosophical thinker. Jeremy, it's good to have you on. Hey, what's going on, man? It's good to, it's good to be back on again. Yes, it is. And um, so what do you think? Uh, aside from the uh, the medical things, I mean, it's been pretty proven. Um, it's been pretty proven that, uh, you know, masks don't work, at least in the way that they're telling us to wear them. They work for bacteria. Okay, maybe if someone who's... I wore a mask once when I was in the hospital. I had pneumonia. They said put the mask on. But they weren't sure if it was bacterial pneumonia or viral. So that made sense. But in this case, the medical side is out the window. So, yeah. well, in your opinion, what have you seen this do to people's interactions? Oh, uh, extremely damaging. But I have to say, first of all, uh, you mentioned this, this girl, I don't know if it was Amy or whatever, talking about how it's really diminished uh, the male gaze. I just got to say, that's kind of a phrase that's often said by women who have no real men who are gazing on them. So, I mean, <laughs> I, it's kind of a self-flattering thing. But when it comes to this here with, you know, how has it affected people? It's affected people in the way that, you know, any cult membership would affect a relationship. Because yeah. that's ultimately what this is. It, uh, James Lindsay, uh, he's a writer over at NewDiscourses.com. He's not a believer. but He's remarkable at criticizing things like critical theory, critical race theory. And he has an article back from June 6th in 2020 it, entitled The Cult Dynamics of Wokeness. Mm-hmm. And even though the primary target of this has to do with racial theory, you can see how it plays out in, with, with masks. And I've seen other people, of course, American Greatness and others talk about that. But talking about um, cult initiation, finding people with emotional vulnerability, which, which in the case of COVID, when it first came out, you could see the kind of emotional vulnerability. You can still see it now with the kind of, for no better choice of terms, the kind of fear porn that they yeah, put online yeah. of, you know, Santa Claus dying and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but the idea that, the, uh, that, that they are offering a, a potential resolution to the distress that the person is feeling emotionally, right? And so I loved mm. how he said this in talking about the initiation, that once the doctrine is initially accepted by the cult's mark, the next step is to make the mark feel morally welcome and good. Mm. Um, that way it kind of settles that dissonant emotional state. And the mark will be made to feel like they're now doing the right thing where they were doing the wrong thing before. And there's a quote, mm. you can be one of the saved and be forgiven of your sin, and you're on the right side of history. Mm. And when they talk about it, you can see what it is. You know, they, they talk about not only being on the right side of history um, with this, but also um, the idea that if you don't do this, then you are morally culpable for the death of people. That you're yeah. you're literally killing people, and they'll go so far, and you say, "Well, is it? Do they really hold that belief?" And you say, "Yeah." When they kind of compare it to you know a Holocaust or something, and they say, "You know, look at the look at the the plague across the world. It's the people not taking the vaccine or not wearing the mask." 
Well, that's going to cause, by its very nature, that's going to cause a major rift um, between people, former friends, former family members. And that's also, of course, part of the cult dynamic, is that you are now going to have a sort of division between your family. And so you see how this plays out. I can't even be friends with my parents anymore. I can't allow my family and my kids to hang out with Grammy and Grandpa. And so it's been dramatic. It has been. And um, it is, just as a side note, There's a, it is annoying, these guys, that you're, James, was it James Lindsay, is that was his name? Yeah. Yeah, so he's a non-believer. There's a guy here in Canada. He's a professor at uh, the university that I went to. Uh, he's really smart. Donald Welsh is his name. He is a uh, faculty of some science, something or other. Anyway, he's been he's been uh, awake to the nonsense of this since the beginning from just a perspective of, of being a scientist, a real scientist. And he had a small Twitter account. It's, it's blown up. Um, he got in hot water in the fall because he was comparing, um, rightly so, the psychology of the uh, germaphobic... Uh, ritualistic sort of cult menurisms. He was comparing that to a lot of the psychology of that Adolf Hitler had, which Jordan Peterson has pointed out before. He had to, he had to, you know, he got the whole, uh, you're an anti-Semite thing. You had to recall it. But one of the annoying things about this guy, he's so smart, but he always, he always doesn't distinguish between the true religion and the false religion. Cause I believe he's just sort of a, an agnostic or something. So he'll say, this is always what happens in religions. And I've tweeted him before and said, why don't you distinguish between the good ones and the bad ones? But, um, but just to, uh, as a little story about the effect that I've seen on masks here, you know, for in the beginning of this whole thing, when I was assuming that the people in charge were actually kind of rational, um, against my better judgment, I thought I was personally of the opinion, you know what, if, if this means we can get back to school, we can get back to work, we can do something, if they say just put the cloth on for the rest of the month. I personally, from a, at that point in time, I didn't have a huge issue with it. But then when they said that they don't actually work, and then told us to put them on two or three months later, I said, I'm not going to do this. And my yeah. kids are at a, such a tender age. And I looked in the laws and I, and I, in, the, in, the, in the legislation, I didn't know this thing was going to last for a bloody year, the mask mandate, but it has, it's still on. And um, I saw that there were exceptions. And I thought, you know, I got this son who's four and a half, I got a three and a half, I got a uh, one and a half, and I got a, a one-year-old or whatever, her, his age was almost one. And I thought, they're not going to understand why dad's wearing a mask. But pretty soon... Like Titus, you know, he's almost at the age where we're thinking about first communion now. He's almost six. And um, he was going to get, I knew he was going to get his reason. So I made the decision to not wear a mask around here. And I've been successful so far. I've only had to put on once or twice. Um, but I hate going into a place and not wearing the mask. Because just like this person said in the article that they feel invisible, it's the opposite. Everybody is staring at me. And I know for the sake of my kids, I didn't want them to be scared. I didn't want them to think dad was sick. It was a decision that we had to make. I know some people just, I get it. Sometimes I wish that I just would just put it on because it would make things easier. Um, but I'm a stubborn mule and I won't, I won't bend my knee. Um, but nonetheless, I see every time I go to a store, there are people, like there was a kid that I used to teach. Uh, and he, and he, he went, look, walked past me and basically said, why don't you just, just put the damn mask on? And I'm thinking... You're like a 17-year-old kid, and you have the audacity to tell a grown-up, by the way, you just pulled your mask out of your backpack, and you probably have impetigo from wearing it for the last six months. Um, right. And you're it's amazing the strength that people get in the sort of uh, collectivist mentality just from the little piece of cloth they put on their face. 